0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Azer Podcast Season 2. My name is Zach, and I am only one of the hosts of the Azer Podcast. Soon to be alongside me will be Anna Case. Season 2 will be about the text of Revelation. So if you have ever been interested in exploring Revelation and exploring it alongside two Bible nerds, We will be more than happy to journey alongside you throughout this season of the Acer Podcast. In this episode, we will talk about our experiences with Revelation, talk about a little bit about some misconceptions with Revelation, and also talk about what is important to know So, going into Revelation isn't a scary experience, but a joy-filled experience. So, that, that is what we will be talking about in this episode. We are so happy you have found us here. So, stay tuned. This is the Azer Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of the Azar Podcast. It is so good to be back. And I am here with Zach Yonko, my co-host. How's it going, Zach?
0: It is going great. It is awesome to finally be back for uh, Season 2.
1: Yeah, so... um, What's... um, (laughs) Lost my train of thought.
0: That is okay. That is okay. <laughs> I was okay. going to
1: ask you something and I don't know. Um, but yeah, so how are things been going? How is seminary?
0: Seminary is going well. i um, heading into another semester coming up here for the spring starting actually tomorrow. Um, and uh, things are just cruising. Life is, life is moving. Um, somehow we're still in the middle of a pandemic right now. So it is very interesting to be able to record throughout this, so um, yeah, yeah, so Anna, what are we talking about in season two what is what is our topic of discussion?
1: um, so this season we are talking about revelation, the book we are getting into all things revelation every topic you can possibly think of relating to the book of revelation that either i either sparked immense fear in you when i said that or
0: (laughs) hesitation
1: or some kind of feeling
0: we sent off some neuron in in your head (laughs) to to feel a certain way um, but yeah, Anna, uh, revelation it, it's a word that definitely <clears throat> strikes some sort of uh response in us when we hear it, especially if we grew up in the church. Um, we we know the word, we know the book. Um, but here's the funny thing is we might not have read the book. Uh, I actually never re- read Revelation until I was in college, that was the first time I actually wrestled with the text wow yeah it's uh it's crazy and um i actually just recently uh took a seminary class on the book of revelation with uh dr De silva who is uh a renowned uh revelation expert uh he's written a couple books on revelation so uh i see it in a whole different light and 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 way now than i did when i was back in back in my undergrad (laughs) but i wanted to ask you what's your experience with revelation or if you didn't have an experience uh uh what feelings come to you yourself when you hear the word revelation
1: um so, to be honest, I actually didn't read Revelation until um, this past year. Um, I did the Bible in a year plan and got to Revelation around November, and that was my very first time reading it. And the reason why I hadn't read it before is, um, is mainly due to a... Um, a Sunday school class that I went to in, I want to say I was in ninth grade when when this happened. And uh, I have no idea why we were talking about Revelation that day because we weren't doing a study on it or anything. Uh, we just walked into Sunday school that morning and that was the topic. The hmm. And it was the most terrifying thing. And yeah. I'm not going to blame my that sunday school class but when i think about it i really hadn't experienced anxiety uh before that point and that's Mm. kind of when i look back that's when i that's when all of my anxiety started so yeah um anyway so all this to say the sunday school teacher that day um it was i don't think she meant i don't think that she was trying to Um, instill fear, anything like that. You know, you get some of those uh, fire and brimstone preachers who are trying to scare you into repentance. Um, Her It's not what she was trying to do. And uh, to be fair, part of it could have just been my young ears um, hearing it a certain way. But I just walked away from that class feeling like, oh my gosh, there's this like, seven headed beast <laughs> right. coming my way tomorrow <laughs> right. because um, then everyone started pointing to things and in- that were happening, mm. like current events that were happening at that time. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, do you be in the end times right now? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to die Like, Mm. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for a tribulation. Right. So um, ever since then, I had just completely avoided it. Um, And then it wasn't until I got to Revelation in my reading plan this year that I was like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) suck it up. I'm going to be brave and I'm going to read this and see what it says. And it wasn't that bad, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I was like, why in the world like where where did i get any of those things that i was so afraid of um and then i ended up reading uh reading revelation responsibly recently um by michael j gorman and that was really interesting and to be honest i kind of did a skim through so i have to go back and read it again but um yeah yeah so i'm excited to learn more about it through this podcast series
0: Yeah. Um, What a a more fitting title for our series name than than Rescuing Revelation because of just through the years, I think uh, a lot of teachers have taught Revelation um, and has instilled fear into people, but not a healthy kind of fear. The fear that we talk of fear of God, more on the side of anxiety and um, like almost a scared straight teaching of it. Uh, that doesn't capture the essence of God, if if, if that's fair to say. Um, So um, our whole plan for this series is to really unpack it and see the the very beautiful uh, composition that is this text. Um, For one, this is written to a group of people. It is a letter. Um, It is also an apocalypse. Um, It's revealing something. Um, but it is also a prophetic uh, work, so it's um, a- actually three genres. Um, one uh, scholar that I will reference throughout this series is Daniel A. Uh, Daniel L. Aiken, uh, who uh, worked on the series, the Christ-centered exposition series, um, and he wrote this fantastic. Uh, book describing Revelation as a multi-genre text. So if we don't understand that this is a multi-genre text, then we might be only reading it as one genre, which might throw off our interpretation of it. Uh, You know, only reading it as a prophetic text or only reading it as a letter. Um, It is all three simultaneously. Um, So that's a really interesting perspective on it. Uh, the other thing is there is so much baggage with revelation. Uh, uh, a few things, uh, uh, that I just kind of want to unpack with, with some misconceptions before we continue, uh, with, with revelation, just a few things. Uh, the, the title is not revelations with an S. I called it that for a lot of my life revelations, but it's actually just revelation and it's actually the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the opening line of of the text. Um, So that's the first thing I got wrong. The second thing I got wrong was I added so much to the text that was not there. (laughs) One in particular being the antichrist never comes up in revelation. And I was very surprised by that. Um, wow. Actually, the Antichrist comes up in First John and Thessalonians, uh, but never comes up in Revelation. But again, my entire life, I believed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so there's so many things that um, I added to the text that actually wasn't in the text. I also thought the word apocalypse meant the world was going to blow up. Um, and that was <laughs> thanks to a lot of pop pop culture. Along the way, uh, different movies like uh, X Men Apocalypse and Apocalypse Now, which is a, a war movie,
1: the Left uh, Behind series,
0: the Left Behind series with Nicholas uh, the uh, with Nicholas Cage, I think he's in the movie. Uh, just a lot of pop culture has found its way to helping or encouraging a bad interpretation of revelation. So. We need to be really careful when we approach to this text from a standpoint of pop culture <laughs> so yeah um uh so we're gonna unpack a lot of that stuff um but but real quickly i just i just wanted to say if you are if this is the first time that you are encountering revelation uh i hope that this is a fruitful time for you and if this is the 30th time or 50th time that you've encountered revelation uh, I, i i hope that you start to see different perspectives and see the fruit of this text because um as saint augustine said if something is in the biblical text it is important to god of course so this is text is important to god and i think having that in the back of our mind will help us with understanding the importance of this text.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: That's okay. Um, Well, something I I, I wanted to kind of like start off with just talking about is just some foundational stuff, um, uh, which is experiential and things that i have heard with revelation which are some uh different things the first one is is uh this natural disaster equals this in revelation that i have heard that a ton and a lot of our listeners might have heard that um especially being in the middle of a pandemic right now i think it is very easy to get caught up in language like that um And um, I think reading it responsibly, as uh, Michael J. Gorman has so wonderfully titled his book, is a really good uh, mantra to approaching uh, the. How do I put this? Approaching the. Right heart and mindset of the text, not jumping to conclusions so quickly, but really nuancing things out, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think nuance is so important, especially with prophetic texts, such as Revelation and and Daniel.
1: Right. And I think that lack of nuance is um, one of the things that leads to um, such black and white reading of the text and therefore black and white theology yeah if that makes sense yeah
0: Yeah, it's like a lot of people build their camps in uh revelation um (laughs) and um the text itself is is just very controversial as a composition uh historically uh I, this is something that is fascinating is a lot of key historical religious figures did not want to add revelation to the Canon, believe it or not. right uh, People such as Martin Luther, DH Lawrence, uh, didn't think that it fit in with the overarching canon and they themselves and even denominations omitted, the text of Revelation from being talked about um, in corporate settings, so with, you know, number of people, and they didn't see it at all uh, as a text to be read in the scope of an overarching narrative, which is crazy, because we see so much connection between Revelation and so many other parts of the canonical scripture.
1: Just a uh, quick note um, before moving on. Uh, we are not coming after anybody's camp with this series. We yeah. are not here to attack your theology or your perspective on Revelation, regardless of where you've landed. Um, our goal is just to encourage you to think more um. Critically and deeply, and just let yourself be led uh, by the Holy Spirit as you engage with the text. And we're hoping that this series will be thought-provoking for you. And um, if you've never read it, that it will inspire you to go read it for yourself, maybe for the first time or. If you're one of those who haven't memorized, um, we hope that you'll still uh, revisit it and learn something new. And we just want this to be a very fruitful conversation. And um, I just want to make that clear before going forward, because this um, the everyone's understanding of the Book of Revelation leads to lots of their, um, as I mentioned, their. It really is formative in how you develop your theology, but also your worldviews and political views Mm -hmm. as we see today and a lot of the political discourse that we're um, having and things like that. A lot of um, those hot button issues, one of the reasons why they are so controversial and touchy right now is because they have gotten their stance from principles that they have derived from this book. So, um, I just want to um, recognize that this is a, um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, Zach? It's uh it can it's very personal for some people yeah um and so we're not trying to step on anybody's toes but toes are likely to be stepped on so
0: yeah i I always say think of it as a wrestling match uh uh we're we are all on the same team but we're wrestling with the text we're trying to Mm -hmm. figure things out And, and Um, I always ask, you know, what does someone bring to the table is is Mm -hmm. a question that I always ask. So um, I learn a lot from different authors and teachers and just friends who are wrestling with the text as well. Uh, So that's what we're going to do. That's our goal is to wrestle with the text, wrestle with the words in which the text presents and uh, really try to unpack this in the scope of the entire biblical narrative, because it is a piece of a larger uh work which is the bible which is the collected works of multiple books so this is just a book in that collected works so okay. um we are really trying to to figure things out alongside you guys and we just hope that this discussion leads you into a deeper more interpersonal relationship of course with jesus so um that is our hope and our prayer uh, but anna let's take a quick break and when we come back uh, let's discuss uh, some things about uh, the composition of Revelation and just itself talk about like what is in this text that could lead us into future discussions. So we'll talk about all that and more here on the Acer Podcast right when we come back. So Revelation... It is a wild text, and I think we all, if we if we open the text and we read it, we will encounter some wild images. Anna, what is the wild images that you just remember from the text itself?
1: I remember being told about a beast. Yeah. Um, I can't... It's crazy that I can't remember exactly what the image is because you think that that would be it's a pretty memorable thing. Right. But somehow I can't remember reading it on my own, but that's one thing that I remember discussing in that one Sunday school class was there's a beast and it's going to be unleashed at some point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And then every person under the sun were kind of like that's it. That's the beast. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um. There's so many wild images. Um. Yeah. There's beasts. There's dragons. There's, uh, locusts. There's all Does these.
1: Does the Leviathan come back in Revelation? The one that's yeah. mentioned in Job.
0: Yeah. There's uh sea. Like some
1: sea, some sea monster.
0: Right. Things that emerge from the sea. It's uh yeah the the.
1: Okay, have you ever seen Jurassic yes. World?
0: yeah, the giant.
1: Okay, do you, do you know that scene in the very beginning when those two guys are in that little submarine bubble and they go down to the bottom of the ocean to extract a, I don't know, a tooth or a fossil yes. or something? And then there's this giant sea dinosaur that just comes up behind them. And then there's this helicopter, and this guy is like hanging from a ladder from this helicopter, and it just shoots straight up from the ocean and like, just yes, them. that is how I imagine Leviathan. Yep,
0: I, I have a very similar feeling toward that image in that movie. Um, yeah, there's just so much imagery in revelation so many different creatures um can make your skin crawl reading it <laughs> um yeah i i feel the same
1: part of me is just like where did god <laughs>
0: right you know what i mean yeah yeah it's just it this is just seems way too exotic but it also seems very creative um but yeah so there's so, we're, we're met with so many images and um One of the most helpful resources that I have ever encountered to be able to wrestle with the text of Revelation has been the text that you have mentioned earlier, which is reading Revelation responsibly. You'll hear us mention this book a ton. The uh, subtitle is Uncivil Worship and Witness Following the Lamb into New Creation. The book is by Michael J. Gorman. You can find it on Amazon, the Christian bookstore, any website that you use to buy your Christian texts. And I think a very helpful tidbit that Michael J. Gorman adds is actually a quote from a theologian named Mitchell Reddish, who writes this about Revelation as an apocalyptic text. It, apocalyptic texts use visions, symbols, and ancient myths to convey, convey its message. The language of the book is primarily a, uses symbolic, symbolic language. It is not the language of science or logic. Rather, it is powerful, emot- emotive language. And at times, uh, we read it as poetry. Like the language of poetry, the language of Revelation sometimes is mysterious and slippery, teasing its reader to make connections and see possibilities that one has never made or seen before. The language of Revelation works not by imparting information, but by helping the reader experience what John has experienced. We read things like animals, colors, numbers, and these other worldly beings and they have a deep symbolic value as apoco- apocalyptic seers attempt to express nearly the impossible. Just think about that. We're reading something that is trying to capture something that is nearly impossible for our brains to wrap around.
1: Yeah, that it's, is so cool.
0: It's insane. Um But I think that's the essence of the text is to encounter it as John is encountering it. And that's our next tidbit is there is a writer behind, uh, behind revelation. We'll get more on him next episode, but it's this guy named John um, and he is experiencing a lot of this. I mean, everything that he is writing. Uh, which is really cool. Uh, so we're stepping inside the world of someone who is seeing and experiencing things. Um, so uh, Anna, you uh, you and I have talked a lot uh, about our college experience. You went to the University of Kentucky while I went to the University of Waynesburg. And something you and I do uh, or did when we were in our undergrad was call one another and talk about our experiences in college. So I've never been to the University of Kentucky, but I almost can see the campus through the way that you have described your experiences on campus. So that's kind of um, a foundational thing that I use to teach to people is, have you ever had a conversation with a friend over the phone uh, with them describing a place that you've never been? So I think that's kind of a good uh, foundational exercise to start thinking about how to read Revelation.
1: Yeah, that's a really good uh, way to put that and um, sort of conceptualize the writing of Jean and what he's trying to accomplish. He's not merely... uh, He's it's it's not just um, I mean, it's not like the epistles, right, where he's trying to convey uh, theological principles or um, laying down doctrine. He is the purpose is he is literally trying his very best to explain something that is unexplainable um, to try to help them understand. And that's just um, it gives you a different perspective. Uh, when you go and read Revelation
0: and we're also reading someone's mail Uh, (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine if uh, say you wrote a letter to me and someone intercepts that letter and starts reading it Um, we're also kind of doing that reading Revelation Uh, so there um, I would say if someone were to intercept a letter from me to you I would want them to read it responsibly out of just um just out of sheer uh consideration for the writer if that is Mm. fair to say
1: yeah so you don't misquote them or uh take their phrase out of context
0: exactly yeah yeah like um uh yeah let's let's for example say i write a letter to you um Uh, And there's something in it that is um, only known between you and I and someone else reads it. Um, A a responsible reader might consider where I was when I wrote it or what my past is like when I wrote it, you know, those little things to help build upon um, what the heck is Zach writing to Anna about? Um, Likewise, Uh, reading a letter responsibly, uh, asking those questions is a good thing. Uh, The other thing that is very important with reading Revelation is understanding that it is not a stand-alone book through uh, the idea of uh, understanding images and connections in the text, having a deep, rich, sense of the Old Testament is also a really good foundational thing to uh, have in your toolkit. Uh, Something I did was a little digging about Old Testament to Revelation connections, and I know we'll talk about that in a future episode, but just to give us a little picture of how many connections are made between the Hebrew scriptures and Revelation, there are 184 direct quotes from the Old Testament to uh, the book of Revelation with the highest number of references to the book Isaiah with 49. Isn't that nuts?
1: I cannot believe when you told me that how many uh, references there were. I knew that there were quite a bit to Daniel, Ezekiel, um, but... um, Yeah, that is crazy.
0: Just to give us a little picture of uh, the books that are referenced, um, there are 34 direct references to Daniel. Like I said, 49 to Isaiah, 31 to Ezekiel, 21 to Exodus, 23 to the Psalms, 16 to Jeremiah, and 10 to Zechariah. So that what that does to me is say, boy um having a deep rich sense of uh hebrew bible knowledge might help me with my journey of wrestling with revelation um it, it's like uh how do i put it it's like if you're watching a netflix show i wouldn't want to jump into the 6th season of a show unless it's the office um but um if i jump into the 6th season i might not know i might not know Characters and backstory and, and different things like that. Um, and I think that can aid us with our interpretations of Revelation uh, with knowing background. Or it's even like uh, a a movie adding a prequel to the series with understanding uh, background on different uh, images and motifs that are used in the series with themes and th- different things like that um but yes uh like you said a a lot of these texts uh that it has direct quotes from are also apocalyptic texts uh that means that there is a revelation happening so i think that's why they're sister books or brother books um because they all share in the apocalyptic language that revelation has
1: it's really interesting that Isaiah is the most quoted because I could see the second half of Daniel. Right. I could def like there are just obvious parallels that you don't have to really think about. They're just there. And Ezekiel right. has a lot of the same crazy imagery. Um, the Godmobile in chapter one. Is what I call it. Um, There's like (laughs) like the (laughs) the chariot with the, it's just got a bunch of wheels with eyes on it. And you're like, what in the world? Um, Just the craziest things. And so those two books I could definitely, but then you think about Isaiah and we tend to think of that as the messianic, you know? And so when I think Isaiah, I think Jesus foreshadowing the suffering
0: suffering servant and things like that
1: right I my mind does not immediately go to revelation
0: right I think um, one of the most helpful resources that I have come across to kind of put all of these texts into the perspective of revelation is uh, the Bible projects video called apocalypse. Um, it is the How to Read the Bible series um, on YouTube. It is a free resource to Google. Uh, so go on to YouTube, check out uh, How to Read the Bible, and then it's the apocalyptic uh, literature episode. Um, it is a great foundational uh, video to watch on this, these connections that we will be talking about um, in our podcast series. Um, but yeah, uh, again, But here's the thing with Isaiah is Isaiah is rich with poetry. Mm. So that language that Isaiah uses will find a lot of similar poetic language in Revelation. Um, And that's the thing is, as poets love to read poetry, uh, so that the uh, connections between Isaiah and Revelation are very poetic connections, uh, which are really cool.
1: So that's why Zach told us in the very beginning that we have to keep in mind that it is a multi-genre text, which I have already been neglecting to do halfway <laughs> yeah. into this episode.
0: Yeah, Anna, here's, here's a good question for you. What are your feelings toward poetry? Uh, what do you like about poetry? What don't you like about poetry?
1: All right, I'm going to be real. I'm going to make a very controversial but heartfelt statement, Zach, I might, I might really offend you. I don't know, but um, <laughs> that's okay. I do not like poetry. Mm. I do not like it.
0: And a lot of people don't, don't, don't think you're offending me because it is very common. For I offended someone like out poetry. there.
1: I know it. We're going to get a comment about that.
0: I know your, your sister loves poetry. I know Julie loves. poetry. Oh, I know.
1: Okay. <laughs> Julie, I love your poetry page. It's beautiful. Please keep it up.
0: <laughs> um, okay you know, i guess I,
1: I guess one thing i like about poetry is that people really pour their heart and soul into it it's a right. reflection of who they are what they're thinking how they see the world that's something i can appreciate
0: and i know you're a history major and there's a ton of war poetry out there mm-hmm. uh, in the civil war napoleonic war Um, There's a lot of poetry that has been collected from uh, firsthand uh, soldiers on the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, So poetry captures a time period. It captures emotions. It captures images. Uh, So uh, my favorite poet Billy Collins, who was a poet laureate here in the United States. Uh, My background is actually in poetry in my undergrad in literature. Uh, So... Um, something that we have been uncovering actually at the church that I work at is that the Bible has a lot of metaphors, similes, idioms, uh, motifs. These are all poetic words. Um, A simile is something that uses like or as. A metaphor is something that is a comparison that does not use like or as. Um, So an example of a simile is... I am big like a bowling ball, something like that. So it conveys an image in your head. But if I said, I am a bowling ball, that puts another image in your head. So um, we see a lot of poetic language in the text of Revelation. Uh, We see dichotomies, which is comparisons of uh, opposite objects. Um, So, Just a lot of those literary terms are very important in Revelation, as well as texts like Genesis, the creation narrative. We'll find a lot of similarities between the creation story and the recreation story in Revelation. Um, So, yeah, just cool stuff like that. So if you're not a poet, uh, we also hope to give you a a little bit of a crash course on poetry. And uh, also, if you don't like poetry... Uh, you can hear uh, Anna and I banter about the love and dislike of poetry, too, which will be very entertaining. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about everything Revelation has to offer. Like we said, we, Anna and I both have different experiences with this text. And I'm sure you have your own unique experience. And what we, again, hope is to wrestle through this book with you, um, helping uncover why this book is important to the Bible and important to God and ultimately seeing how it fits in with the connecting narrative of the Bible as a whole. Um, So, Anna, I just wanted to thank you for kind of kicking things off with me.
1: Thank Uh, you for um, suggesting this topic for our series. I am really excited to get into the book of revelation and learn more about it and just hear your thoughts and your perspective. Thank
0: you. And we will be creating resource lists, uh, because I know we've mentioned a few different books, um, especially reading revelation responsibly. So we'll make sure to create a resource list for show notes. Um, also with some of those statistics too, of, uh, Uh, just how many things are connected to the book of Revelation. So we really hope to help your study as well uh, in this text, if you like to take notes or get a little more hands-on with uh, learning material. Um, But we really want this conversation to also just be fun, uh, because the Bible is fun, and Revelation uh, is fun, Uh, despite maybe some of your experiences where you think it's not an enjoyable thing. Uh, So we really hope to invoke a sense of joy within your experience with this text. So, um, Anna, do you want to give our listeners our Instagram uh, handle since we've been kind of off uh, in our off season for a while uh, so they can start following us on Instagram?
1: Sorry for that um, little delay. We had some technical difficulties. But our uh, Instagram handle is Podcast, And then we also have an email account if you would like to email or sign up our newsletter, which I've totally been slacking on, but we will pick back up this season. Um, and that's where you'll get the weekly resource list. And that is azarpodcast at gmail.com
0: perfect we just want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in with us and we hope that you tune back in with us next week as we continue this conversation on revelation next week we'll be talking about context authorship and also just audience uh because uh john is actually writing the seven churches so we're going to talk about those seven churches as well um so, Anna, just again, thank you for uh, co hosting this with me. And we want to thank you, listeners, for uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, we truly believe the Bible is a connecting story. And we also truly believe that everyone is called to be an Azer. So, thank you so much for listening to the Azer <laughs> podcast. You guys are awesome. And we hope to see you here next week. Bye bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of season two of the Azer podcast. This season is titled rescuing revelation. We hope to continue this conversation on the text revelation with you all next week. And we are so looking forward to this season and just exploring this topic with you all again, connect with us on Instagram and on our email And again, we truly believe everyone is called to be an Azer because everyone is called to put on the armor of God. Anna and I hope you have a great day. God bless, and we hope to see you here next week.